You're listening to KJ Recaps. Welcome back to KJ Recaps. We are here recapping Westworld Season 2, Episode 9, Vanishing Point. I am Jess. I am Kim. Kim, so uh, HBO gave us an excellent Father's Day celebration yesterday full of happy families (laughs) reuniting together, uh, especially William's family. Yay, dad. So nice. Just, you know, (laughs) just a little time with dad in the park and then like ending with murder. (laughs) Actually, so uh, Kim was just asking before we came on about some of the stuff. We were talking about some of the stuff on Reddit. And one of my favorites is that someone did Photoshop the picture of Emily lying dead with like William's digital profile in her hand. They Photoshopped in a Father's Day card. Oh my god, that is so perfect. Yeah, hilarious. Um, Okay, before we get too much further, I would like to apologize for my audio last week, you guys. I I fucked up. (laughs) 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 I I really hope that my audio is recording normally this week. It looks to be fine, but uh, yeah, if you listened to last week, I apologize for uh, we had sads. For the yeah, shitty audio, I was having a time, you guys, but much better today. That's right. And thank you for sticking with us if you listened through that episode. Uh, hopefully we were able to edit it rather okay and we were moving on with our restored high quality audio. Things you learn three years after podcasting. That's right. <laughs> check your microphone, Kim. That's right. <laughs> Lesson That's one. Right. You should have a checklist. Yeah. That's why pilots have a checklist. Um, okay, so we're going to go through a lot of discussion. The penultimate episode always, you know, we've only got one left, everybody, after this one. So uh, there's lots to talk about. Uh, so why don't I just dive in, Kim, with our quick recap. Sounds great. So Man in Black, um, we're back to the night that Juliet, uh, Juliet ultimately commits suicide. He's being recognized as a major philanthropist. We find out that she is a alcoholic. She's been sent to rehab before. And we see that Emily is firmly on her father's side. Ford appears at that event and leaves him with a digital profile of himself from the park. Uh, back at home, William and Juliet have a huge fight in front of Emily, who vows to have her mother involuntarily committed at rehab. Uh, William leaves the profile in a book on the nightstand and confesses to Juliet when he thinks she's sleeping about his stain uh, monologue, which is Ed, excellent Ed Harris, uh, and how she's right about him. She leaves the profile, sorry, she, of course, has not been asleep. Um, she ultimately looks at the profile, leaves it in the music box for Emily and commits suicide. Much to discuss there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the park, we know that Emily, of course, had uh, saved her father from Ghost Nation. He is severely injured and she has called for an extraction. Um, he confirms the existence of uh, what is called the forge, we find out in this episode, to Emily, who pretends to be interested. But ultimately, we find out that her master plan is to bring him down and expose him. The extraction team arrives, Men in Black takes out the entire team, and then he shoots Emily when she reaches for proof, which is that same digital profile we saw earlier from Ford. Uh, The Man in Black then almost shoots himself before it's deciding not to, and we see him digging in his arm to see if he is a host. 
at the Mesa, Clementine has been resurrected again and is now um, holding the Mesh Network to be able to raise hosts and in this case turn them extremely violent. Like uh, extremely violent. <laughs> like, um, has everyone seen Kingsman? Uh, the first Kingsman movie, there's like a scene where, that reminded me a lot of this. There's like a thing that makes everybody go crazy and super violent. It's like just like this, like <laughs> ripping out each other's throats, breaking necks. Yikes. Um, Ford is still controlling Bernard. He has him visit Maeve so that he can maybe transfer his code to her. He ultimately connects with her. Bernard and Elsie head for the forge um, and... Bernard leaves Elsie behind, which I can't tell if she's relieved or pissed or both um, <laughs> after he forcibly removes Ford's code. Uh, Ford confirms he did try to send Maeve out of the park on the train last season, calls her his favorite, and seemingly gives her new permissions to escape. And finally, Dolores and her gang encounter Ghost Nation with a real disagreement about the purpose of the Valley Beyond. They fight, and it ends up only being Teddy, Dolores, and one Ghost Nation member. I tried to look up that character's name. I couldn't find it. Um, Teddy makes the decision not to kill that member, uh, possibly his first kind of uh, decision on his own after being restructured. Dolores and Teddy stop in an abandoned building. He talks about how Dolores is his cornerstone, and then he kills himself. No, Teddy, why? Thanks, <laughs> oh, Martin. I'm please, so no. sad. <laughs> I know <laughs> that whole final scene was like, and, yeah, something. Because and Evan Rachel Wood's reaction, especially the second time I watched, was like, man, I so was so on. good, it was right? So fucking yeah. good. I'm yeah. sad. I'm yeah. sad. Um, okay, <laughs> I well, I mean, we do know that uh, there is the potential that things are not uh, always what they seem. So okay, <laughs> maybe a we good will get some point. Teddy again in the future. I mean, I That's don't trust right. literally anything that I've been, that I've been shown in this episode. <laughs> not one so single true. solitary scene. Do I trust at face value? So I don't even know where to start. Like, what if we start with that broad idea, Kim? Like, is it is that too broad a place to start? As no, to like I, have what I have thoughts. I have. Yeah. Okay. Thoughts. Why don't we let's start there? Because I think that that's a great point. If you believe it, if you took it at face value, we lost some major characters. <laughs> last night. Um, so tell me why what these thoughts are okay so without kind of speaking about teddy specifically at this point i just feel like this is not a terribly unique viewpoint i don't think but ultimately where season one was giving us our westworld mind fuck through multiple timelines that were not uh linear and that you know mm -hmm. were presented in a way that was intentionally vague i think that season two is showing us multiple worlds that in a very similar fashion is like you know we never know what world we're in despite the fact right. that you know for the first many episodes like we all we all took it to kind of be like in the real world in the park but then we're introduced to the cradle and then we're introduced to the forge and we're seeing anomalies right from the very beginning but we're thinking maybe it's like multiple hosts or multiple loops that um Bern Arnold has been living in but then when the introduction of like digital worlds and you know like multiple sort of realities that they could be living in is like is is brought up then like we have no <laughs> we have no yeah. idea what they're actually experiencing whether they're in a physical body or whether we're seeing a digital representation like i mean it's all bets are off at this point so true 
So true. I I think that that's a I completely agree. I think that that as you know, and maybe triple underscore underlined by Juliet asking, "Is this real?" Yes. Um, and that line playing throughout to, uh, last night's episode, but it's. I think you're totally right. We've 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 talked about this a few times about testing things in the cradle. Are things being tested in the forge? Has any has the real world quote unquote as we've seen it? Is that the real world at all? We've talked about that from a matrix like kind of standpoint. Is everybody just plugged into right? You know, some sort of virtual reality. Um, I saw a comment on Reddit last night. It was like I stopped believing that we could possibly be in a physically real world when I saw Mount Fuji in Shogun World, which I thought was a great point. Like we all yes. just kind of accepted the fact that Mount Fuji was in the background of like <laughs> that scene, and it's like that's a huge fucking mountain. Right? Like, why is it just like? taken for granted that that's how big the vast expanse of you know Westworld actually is versus right. is this all just digital shit that we don't even and that's recognize. sort of what we talked about we touched on it a little bit in our last podcast when we were talking about you know Akichita specifically talking about a world beyond a door to another world and that we were talking about the potential of le- leaving physical bodies behind and living in this digital reality where there is the possibility of having the ability to cross between multiple worlds like and then Mm -hmm. that was actually touched on right in the very first scene of this episode when they were you know at uh, at the party in presumably a flashback but I have thoughts um, when they're talking (laughs) about uh, you know the quote which I can't remember verbatim but was ultimately like Anthony wept because he realized there that there are infinity worlds and he has yet to conquer even one and like so just the there were lots of like sort of hints and touches on this that I think was intended to make us think that that the man in black is a host or he isn't all that he seems or whatever. But I do think that it was like it was a bit of like a double fake out or whatever. I don't think that he's a physical host that would have. Um, I agree. You know, whatever it's called, like. a Yeah, like the port, a the port connection port in his arm. Yeah. So when we see the outcome of him digging in his arm, I don't think there's going to be a port there. But I also don't think that that was just the man in black living his life. I think that that's him inside the forge. And I think that all of the stuff that we saw with Juliet, that was all inside the forge. I think he's he's living multiple loops that are based on maybe past real events or whatever. It's just like, I don't trust any of it. <laughs> Totally. Well, I wondered, so I actually went back and watched it a couple times because I wondered if the Juliet suicide. Um, so, OK, I don't know if I can like. Oh, like, I am with you already. I am already. Right. No, Where it's like, yes. did it just happen regardless? Does it happen regardless of whether he says nothing to her that night? Yes. Is it regardless of if he, you know, is incredibly tender and loving fake William? Exactly. If he gives her the spiel, it's like it doesn't matter. She still you. is going to do it that night. And so, okay, yes. So I rewatched it multiple times, actually. So there is a midpoint. There's somewhere in the middle of the of the episode where we see um, – William, I always call him the man in black when he's Ed Harris age. But so when the man in black pulls the blanket up over Julia's legs. Sorry, you, you should really call him Billy. I heard he loves that. So. Billy. <laughs> That's like we've heard William, Bill and Billy. And still the man Billy. in black feels most natural to me. <laughs> I agree. 
Most accurate. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Anyway, so he pulls the blanket up over Juliet's legs. And that's when she kind of like flops her arms out from underneath the blanket and says, is this real? Are you real? You know, tell me one truth, etc. And then the episode plays on and then we see the scene again. And then he pulls the blanket up over the legs again. And mm-hmm. then it's like, agreed. It, you know, then she doesn't have that commentary. And we very well could have just cut that out, right? For Correct. like, because it's being said in voiceover. But instead of seeing that interaction, Juliet is already asleep and passed out. And then... At the end of this second scene is when he he has his monologue about the stain and we see him take off his cufflink and sort of rub his arm in the place where the port would be. And earlier when we saw this scene, we saw him at the table downstairs with uh, Emily where he is mm-hmm. fixing his cufflink or whatever. It's like that's what made me feel like there's slight differences that are potentially you know changing or not changing the outcome ever so slightly. So we see Juliet having committed suicide in a bloody tub. I mean that tub is bloody, right? Yes. And I, mean, I know she, there's a lot of confusion about this. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like that is maybe multiple instances of this transpiring. And maybe he made a choice to say something different or do something different in the second time around. And then ultimately it didn't change your choice to commit suicide, but it's like a butterfly effect. Like one very, one small change results in additional changes or whatever. So like, I don't know. It's, I. So, okay. So, so we talked about, you know, last episode, I think it was, uh, or the, maybe the episode before that, but about Ford using the cradle to his advantage to test every last detail out so that when it comes out into the real world and you no longer have the opportunity to just start again, you're very confident in how everyone's going to behave. You know, right. And I do think that that, like, I think that that makes a lot of sense that he has tested this over and over again. And I'm sure some of the scenes we've seen have actually been in the cradle versus not. If this is what's happening in the forge for like William's life, is it him who like is he in control? Yes. Yeah, so or are the strings still being pulled by someone else, and he doesn't really realize it? I do think that he has um, that he has no awareness, and yet also it's somewhat controlled by him. I think also there's the potential that like okay, so we know from past discussions that like the forge and the valley beyond are kind of the same thing but for the man in black he's looking for a door and for dolores she's looking for the valley beyond and i'm almost wondering if the difference in term- terminology is because the man in black is on the, on the inside and he's supposed to be finding his way out and for um dolores she yeah. is you know in the real world trying to find her way in and so I think that this this last game that Ford has done for William is inside the forge. And then I know that I suggested last episode that William himself committed suicide and that that is what resulted him being in the forge. I no longer think that's the case. Obviously, it was not him in the bathtub. Um but I do think that it's the moment that he woke up from the gala where the um, the way that the scene is laid out is different than the way it was laid out for uh, Bernard, Bernard um, with the woman in the red dress versus not, etc. Like, yeah. I do think that it was from that moment on that we started to learn about the game that was meant for the man in black called The Door. And, and I think that that might be the difference. Now, the 
the additional piece that I cannot kind of work my way into this theory is that the way that the Gala massacre was viewed by Akichita is in line with the way that the man in black viewed it with the woman in the red dress. Right. It is right. not in line with the way that Bernard and Strand and the others saw it. Um, and Akichita also refers to a door. So is the story of Akichita also taking place in the forge? I don't know. I haven't reconciled that yet. But Or the cradle or... Yeah, yeah sorry. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to answer your question in a very long-winded way is that I think that he is playing a game that has been created for him by Ford, but that ultimately the creation of the choices and stuff that he's making is driven by him, but not with awareness of what he's doing. I don't think it's conscious that he is living a loop over and over. Yeah, I I still wonder how much this is like Ford's entire doing you know and I find like I find it interesting that the um you know Williams digital profile was fingerprint accessible by Juliet and it was given to him on that specific evening yeah you know like why would Ford leave the park to go pay his respects quote unquote and I also thought pay his respects was a very interesting turn of phrase um that ford says to william there too in terms of like i agree i don't think it is william who committed suicide but like that's a very you know common obviously phrase to say to someone who is dead yeah um and then also like you know ford's just this entire idea like so this whole idea in westworld of if you can't tell does it matter of course it matters and of course it matters to william and william can't tell so or at least thinks he can't tell and it totally it's it's just driving him mad. so like, yes he's i lost it i completely agree okay so just Just food for thought, like, okay, so if this is the man in black sort of living inside the forge or whatever in this kind of, like, digital way, so is this perhaps based on past experiences but with Ford's current influence? So Ford sitting at the table giving him the profile is not a flashback of what Ford actually gave him, you know, a year or two ago or whatever in person, but that is Ford, the digital consciousness who has infiltrated the forge and is manipulating the um, circumstances under which like William is living this kind of past memory. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's definitely really interesting because again, like the way that they're showing Ford, how will you, how would you ever really know? You know, know. um, you really wouldn't. So it's, I think that that's a really interesting piece. And I think that like, so I have in our notes, this thing about inception, like I just, after this specific episode, I really can't get that out of my head. And I'm sorry if you haven't watched it, like I am going to get a little bit into the plot here just really quickly, but like, you know, inception is exactly that. It's all about placing the seed of an idea that, you know, in someone's mind so that, that it builds, it builds, it builds. And like, this is how they operate that kind of business. And of course we know that like the character of Mal, um, Leonardo DiCaprio's wife, he accidentally plants an idea that she can't trust her own world and ultimately it kills her. Right. Yeah. Um, even when they're back in the real world. And the way that William refers to this stain, the man in black refers to this stain, that he didn't know when it appeared. It appeared as like 
a germ almost that, you know, is spreading and that this darkness is like a seed. That's what he says. And it's spreading through. Yeah. It just is like so reminiscent to me of this idea. So at what point was that idea planted in his mind ever so subtly? And I don't mean necessarily like as it, it happens in Inception, but however Ford was able to do that, that all he's had to do for him to win this game is to just plant it put it in a couple of hosts at the start of this this season if you were thinking of it linearly and like he doesn't even have to worry about it anymore in fact i think ford's like left the cradle <laughs> the cradle's been destroyed <laughs> like, and this will take care like, of itself <laughs> yeah like no one's told william that ford's possibly not controlling anybody anymore <laughs> and he's still right. there, like <laughs> shooting everybody who's real thinking that it's ford like it's just it's it is kind of funny. Like, it's just so yes. awful. It's like, no, it's not Ford. He's over with Maeve now. Like, I read, yeah. but he could be everywhere. He could be with all of them <laughs> all at once. Everywhere. But so I do. Cute. So, the way that I read kind of the stain, it was very in a very similar way, which, which was that ultimately when he's saying that he has this little, you know, seed of darkness and he can never remember when he didn't have it. I, I also didn't take that to be sort of like his true nature that was being unveiled by the park necessarily I thought that that was like this unconscious knowledge that he can't quite grasp that something isn't right in his world and that he can he can't even remember when he didn't have it and I I was you know like uh, granted I'm sort of making this work within my own theory and it could be interpreted in different ways but like you know if he has lost all touch of his own reality he can't tell the difference between real and not he can't tell the difference between past and present and I I do for the for the record like I don't know if I fully uh explained that when I'm dove right into this theory that to talk about is that I also feel that his interactions with Emily and the murder of Emily and the other um the the QA people I also think all of that was in the forge like all of it um so I don't think so that that she's not actually dead it's correct like he's in the forge and shot her yeah yes and then there are, there are these anomalies right in the stories like so we had already talked about in a past episode about how there was this weird interaction between the man in black and emily about how, her reaction to the elephants in the circus as a girl and then we have additional anomalies the music box and how emily said that she threw it in the garbage and it was too late uh to get it back but then we saw that juliet had it all along And Juliet hid the Man in Black's profile in it, which at the end, Emily said she left for her and she has it in her hand. So either. So I have like a much more like simple explanation for that, though. Okay, Which is just that she threw it out and her mom saw that she had thrown it out and she saved it from the garbage because she didn't want. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And so she kept it in her drawer. And then, of course, she left it for Emily in the sense that when Emily would have been clearing through her mother's things she discovered that that jewelry box had not, in fact, been thrown out and that this was the only thing in it. A hundred percent. It could be interpreted that way. I just think that I just I think that Westworld is too complex a show to have given us that. I don't feel like they give us anything and then let us just, you know, infer our own conclusion. Like they I really think that um the simple explanation is never the, is never the one I go to with no, Westworld that's, because that's they've... super fair. Yeah. yeah, I just thought you know. So if you take that story at face value, I read that as like, and I don't not like because I don't not take Emily's weird behavior. Like the man in black Her story uses doesn't the make fact, sense. 
Right. And it, he uses that as an explanation that she's forward. And if you don't think that, then her explanation is just that she's trying to manipulate her father to get on the record how the forge even exists yeah. because she's going to take him down. Right. And like, that's what she means by she has something worse than death planned for him is that she really is trying to like get revenge. But maybe actually, Kim, can we transition this to the part from season one about just like how Juliet's suicide is treated in terms of how the man in black talks to Teddy yes. about that suicide. So it's in the episode Trace Decay. Um, and he tells Teddy, this is when, of course, <laughs> when Teddy ends up making that miraculous recovery that he does in season one after meeting up with Ford. Um, and he and William were spending all that time together. He says that his wife died a year previously after taking the wrong pills and falling asleep in the bath. His daughter believes his wife killed herself and she blames William for her mother's death. She says that her mother had been terrified of William for years. You know, like she saw who I was. Yeah. So like there are elements of this that are real, but not when it comes to Emily. Right. That I mean, like this is what I'm talking about. These anomalies between like what what is being said and what we're being shown. And in, yeah, I absolutely agree that I think that that is one too, that I just, I really have a hard time reconciling what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. Emily's story does not make sense to me here, but I do have, so like to further complicate the, what I feel is happening is that I think that we have, we are being shown two Emily's. And so I right. think that this Emily who is interacting with the man in black and was murdered was taking place in the forge. But I do think that there is a real Emily in the park. And that's the Emily who was mapping the park in her notebook in Raj world, who escaped into Westworld from the, um, you know, from the tiger chasing her and was captured by Ghost Nation and interacted with Stubbs. So we saw her up to the escape from Ghost Nation. And then from the point that we see her walking towards the man in black with sunset in the back room, background and she says, hi, dad, in my opinion, from that, that Emily is all in the forge and the other Emily is in the real world. So after she left Ghost Nation, where she went in this theory of mine, like, I have no idea, but she is out there. She and Elsie are somewhere <laughs> unaccounted right. for. Maybe they can opinion. meet up. Yeah, we'll see them in season three. It'll be great. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be Emily and Elsie kicking ass. Just like That's the right. two of them will meet Poor up. They're both Elsie. fucking badass. They're going to just save the whole part. Exactly. I did just feel so bad for her when she's like, fuck you, Bernard. <laughs> she gets left behind. I know. Oh, God, so awful. Well, I think that those are all really excellent points. I don't know. I I loved, like, this one really sat with me. Like, I, I watched it last night, and I just, like, I have been, I always mull them over all day, but, like, you know, it's been a crazy day and I still have had so much time to think about this episode because I just keep going back to it. And I just like I love what it's, you know, so I even I have a lot of notes here just about Juliet's and it's not like I don't think overly important, but I love how she confronts William um, and like how right is she about William? Yes. Like is is she completely right about his feelings for Emily? Like for Juliet, does does the man in black invite Emily back for a nightcap just to embarrass Juliet, which is certainly how, you know, yes. she feels about it. And you can see that angle of things. And of course, Ed Harris is so fucking hard to read. Like, I, I don't know. know what he means by all of his little facial expressions. And like, and okay, so then also the, 
you know, if you keep pretending you're not going to remember who you are, he tells her during the Stain conversation that he be- doesn't belong to her. He belongs in a different world. Right. Um, so we know, of course, in that scene at the philanthropy dinner, he's, he kind of like – he thinks he sees Dolores and it's just a, a different server, right? But for a yep. minute you think that she's still there. Like, is that because he wants to be a host? Um, like, he wants to be in – in Westworld, like that is his world. Like, what do you think that part means? Well, okay, I I definitely think that um, there's a connection that he feels to Dolores and to Westworld, perhaps that he is kind of lacking in the real world. And I don't know that I can fully put my finger on it, but I do. I wonder a little bit about these conversations with Juliet about to what extent these are things that Juliet actually said and to what extent that if he is in the forge, that these are essentially conversations he has, he's having with himself mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. you know, um, right. Y- you know, granted there could that. be a Juliet consciousness in the forge there very likely is but I also think that you know there's the potential that these are the deepest darkest you know like fears and insecurities that the man in black has that are you know being fed back to him in his own sort of unconscious mind um and then so I wonder if there's a an element there where him being pulled into the park and whatever it's like a level of regret that um you know, that he allowed something that, uh, I don't know, wasn't entirely real, at least, Mm -hmm. you know, from his perspective, because he didn't know that Dolores has feelings and whatever, you know, that ultimately kind of like destroyed his family. Like he, his, his um, interactions with Juliet seem to have genuine love there. I know. Didn't you find that? I totally agree. The physicality between the two of them. Yes. Like, when he sort of like it, holds her yes. from stumbling. And yes. like there seems to be so much love there. Agreed. And if he truly was this like sociopath who only has this marriage to keep up appearances and like he kind of references like, you know, he yeah, exactly that. He puts the blanket on her. He kisses her when he thinks she's passed out. Like actions that you would think that you would drop the second you thought you weren't being watched anymore. So I think mm-hmm. that there's probably even more to it than he thinks. It doesn't entirely make sense between what he's saying, that he was shedding his skin, and by shedding mm-hmm. his skin, the real darkness be- beneath is able to shine through, versus what Juliet is saying, that if you continue to pretend, you'll lose who you are. And so ultimately, I took that to mean that you'll lose who you are as like the good man underneath. But like, why would she be concerned about him losing who he is if all he is is this dark sociopathic you know like crazy person (laughs) like I know it doesn't add up at the start of okay so the the episode opens with them at that event and you know he's being having his ear talked off with him you know misattributed Plutarch quotes blah 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 he almost kind of like nods subtly at her to come save him you know like and she comes over and she's very charming like it's a it's the whole thing is kind of weird. First of all, I wish I was that classy and stunning when I was, you know, that drunk because she like, I know. She's, like she's some horrible embarrassment because she like knocked over a couple of glasses and is talking kind of loud. I'm like, oh, dear God, that's me sober at an event. So, Oh, like, my God. Can I just say, too, that I saw on Reddit that somebody had this like grand theory that was like 
Clearly, William and Juliet are not aging at the same pace because when they were young, both William so and Juliet true. appeared to be the same age. But now that they're older, the actress, is it um, Selena Ward? Yeah, I yes. think so. Yeah. So he, should, they were like, the actress playing Juliet is clearly significantly younger. And someone else was like, there's only a six-year age difference. Because she looks fucking fantastic. She's stunning. And Ed Harris has more lines on his face than like... I know, they suit and, him. And you know what, Ed Harris? I see you. You completely. look great. But I mean, like, yeah, yeah, Selena Ward just, I mean... You're, that's an stunning. amazing theory. Yeah, it's stunning. And what a great cast as like, like the two of them together. I just I mean, they're they're amazing, but they are. I don't know. I anyway, I'm just going to echo what you said about like there being a warmth and and some sort of like caring between the two of them that just seemed to not align with uh, with what the feelings were. But I, I did want to bring in two. So there's a great screenshot of the profile that Juliet looks at on the, her little tablet. And there's just a couple of interesting things there. So one is that he is subject 002. This is the information that Ford gave him that must be, I'm guessing, from the Forge. Um, so subject so 001, of... Jim Delos? That's certainly the like discussion on uh on reddit i think that and then the other idea is logan as 001 right right, right, um as you know the person who kind of like started the but in terms of who started the whole thing like the immortality project it really doesn't seem to have involved logan in fact i think we saw a very arguably coherent for being so incoherent logan make the case for this was a total terrible idea so i think delos makes the most sense as 001 it also says that his personality is persecutory delusional and paranoid and it's an extremely rare occurrence happening like 0.003 percent of the time in the case of all of the personalities they've mapped in the forge um so the you know delusional paranoid persecutory personality i think we're seeing in spades now if you're only evaluated by your actions in the park when you're wearing the black hat, then like, does that affect, you know what I mean? Like, it's yes. like, is that really him? Like we're kind of talking about, um, I don't know. There's, there's just like some interesting stuff to think about there. Uh, and I mean, yeah. not to continue to harp on this theory. I'm sorry if I'm wrong, then, then like this will have been a total waste, but okay. <laughs> like if he is in the forge, then is, is it possible that he is being shown what Ford wants him to see? You know, I'm not saying right. that like his profile okay. is going to be pretty because we know that it is not, right. but yes. um, particularly in delusion and paranoia and, and stuff like that. I mean, either I am entirely wrong and that profile is very accurate or, you know, like maybe there are elements of, you know, kind of a bit of mind fuckery that's happening. <laughs> And if Ford left it for, you know, Juliet to find to cause the men in black to spiral to start off the entire thing. Yeah. Um, then, you know, what would he have put there? The only thing that I do think is that I feel like the Forge is very much William and Delos's project and does not have Ford in it in the sense of like he isn't. I don't know how to describe that. Like, I do think Ford kind of removes himself from that project, although he does, I guess, have access to William's profile. But he seems yeah. like so disdainful of the idea that it's like the cradle is where Ford is and the forge is where William is. So, but, OK, I do I do think that like Ford in his digital in his digital consciousness would have access to 
the forge because he has like infiltrated all systems. But I also felt like the conversation between Ford and William at the bar was interesting where, you know, essentially like William said, we agreed to keep it separate. I don't, you know, like, yes, I don't involve myself in your your storylines and you don't involve yourself in my project. Right. And like Ford was like, well, you, you broke that agreement first or whatever. Like ultimately I do feel like that conversation was saying that, you know, all bets are off in terms of who was having their hand in what pot. Yeah. And that, you know, Ford very well could have infiltrated the project. What's somewhat, especially if the forge itself which I believe that it does, has like some kind of version of the park or parks within it. Like I got the impression that the cradle was simply, you know, um, the world of the park that was used for testing and for housing of the consciousness and whatever. But I, I think that the forge is much bigger and could encompass you know, the park, the real world, all kinds of different scenarios. And so that is a bit of a trespass on Ford's uh, territory as well. So I, yeah, I do think that you're right, that it's, it was supposed to be separate, but I also think that they gave us a little bit of leeway to think that Ford might have, you know, said, fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, okay, so I think we should move on, but just to uh, close that out, I was reading, you know, there's so many like Reddit theories about the men in black and shooting Emily and blah, blah, blah. And then someone's like, well, he has been shot a bunch. Like, he may not be <laughs> acting completely rationally. Like, the guy is in desperate need of a hospital. I was like, you know what? Fair point. Like, <laughs> that's right. Was it an overreaction? Because he's almost right. dead. <laughs> not from these people, though, but like, fuck it. I mean, he's, he's yeah. going to go out in a blaze of glory uh, in his Just mind, amazing. no matter what. But. We'll see if that pans uh, out. That's right. Um, okay, so why don't we switch to some of the other uh, stories? Why don't we go to the Dolores uh, Ghost Nation interaction that we see yes. in this episode? So we talked last episode about whether Deathbringer was Dolores specifically or just a concept of people, someone who brings death. I think now it seems like it's no, Dolores. it is actually Dolores. <laughs> That is one thing where I should have just taken it at face value. They were very specific. (laughs) And then it refers to her again as Deathbringer. So we see, of course, um, this is the scene that we saw in the very first episode from the perspective of uh, the pearl that they took from the Dead Ghost Nation uh, member that where she says that you know we're not all meant to get to the valley beyond so this this interaction and being at odds and you've referenced this already uh kim as well about you know ghost nation thinks it's a door um dolores wants to use it as a tool a weapon against them kind of like what do you think about the fact that ghost nation is now actively trying to stop I don't... dolores from getting there yeah so i mean the ghost nation warrior like calls it the forge he says it by yes, name that's right um i feel like they have a knowledge of it that that is kind of beyond i actually think ghost nation is kind of on both sides i really feel like a kichita might have already passed through the door and whatever right um, i think that's a great point that you made yeah that. they i think that they seem to have a knowledge and familiarity with it that is beyond any of those that we've seen thus far um and i think that the fact that they have referred to it both as a door and as as the Valley Beyond, like that language is kind of making me feel like they have um, sort of 
both sides of the of the door yeah Yeah. um they have knowledge of both so yeah i think that it's pretty clear that um that dolores's intention to use this as a weapon in some way which i have no idea how she plans to do that let's discuss that next um but like yeah it's clearly at odds with what the ghost nation seem to want to view it as which is like you know a um a life beyond this world and afterlife is really how I feel like they have been referring to it. And then I thought that it was very interesting that the, this ghost nation warrior or not the one she killed, but the other one who was sort of second in command to Akichita who Teddy let live. Um, He told Dolores, the forge is not meant for you. And that is the exact same phrasing that was used in season one when the hosts were telling the man in black, the maze is not meant for you. And like, I I feel like that is significant in that, you know, I I personally think that that is a point against the idea that the man in black is a host because the forge is not meant for hosts or I don't know. Correct. I guess if Ghost no, Nation is already in there, least... then, then maybe I'm wrong. But but then he speaks about like blood not being shed in the forge, that the forge is not meant to be used as a, like, I think I totally agree with you, Kim. So I think that there is a like host human question there. The fact that it is exactly how men in black was told it last season, etc. Uh, so I think there's that. And then I think there's also something about how, um either maybe it will it cannot be used as a weapon like Dolores is picturing it like I Dolores is on such a path of even the way she's talking to Teddy at the very end of the episode you know when he is like um you know nothing's natural and she's like yeah but that would mean that's what means that we can like go and take this for ourselves like she's so driven for this idea that she's like doesn't really care what she's losing to get there not Mm -hmm. that she doesn't care that she's lost teddy i think she absolutely does but it's like it's almost like a warning that she's not taking as a warning she's taking as a threat but it's like don't give your everything to turn this into a weapon because it's like it's you're gonna i don't know i don't know if i'm making any sense but like i just feel like it's like partially also to tell her to not give her everything just to this point like it's just it's so yes i think that yeah like i think for the um the ghost nation is trying to say that there's a significance to this place beyond the tool that you want to use it as and that Mm -hmm. there's more to be considered than this one track right you know um quest that you're on and like so i do think that you know the use of it as a weapon in my mind i can only kind of think of it as knowledge gathering for her like bernard references to um elsie when he says can you imagine what a single host could do with access to you know that place the forge and so so i was gonna raise this because i was like i don't know what a single host could do i, I don't <laughs> I know either like <laughs> like bernard i need like, more context right? <laughs> but like yeah. so i was thinking that could they essentially do they have the ability to kind of like upload the knowledge of all of these potentially like important people i don't know like you know if her intention is not to stay in the forge but go out into the real world which it seems it is then could she simply gather information that would be pertinent to this quest military government i don't know and then like um take that into the real world with her as like this incredible like supercomputer of knowledge of real world like nation okay so can i take a can i can we do a quick aside here so yes. um you know we know that bernard 
is like not being fully truthful with Elsie, obviously. Why? Uh, but he does cut. Yeah, I know. But he does kind of stop here to tell her about this place called the Forge, which is the other place that we time that we hear that kind of really referenced by its name, and that you know they're doing with like what they were trying to do with Jim Delos, and she says, you know, are they like trying to put. Um, humans and host bodies or whatever and he's basically like yes now we didn't think that that was possible based on things from this season but is it that that is the case or is he not telling her the truth because he's still kind of being controlled by ford well i I honestly took that to be that 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 is the truth the technology just hasn't advanced enough yet so it's like i feel like the purpose of the forge is to house the consciousness of humans with the intention of eventually putting them in host bodies but like they have gathered gathered all of this data and they're they don't have the technology yet to put them in host bodies but like i mean because i find myself now kind of wondering if it's just to like make the forge the new society or something i don't know that is very matrixy but i just can't help but wonder if it's just like well why not just like everybody live in the forge and just like anyway yeah i I mean like honestly that is what i've been thinking um about for several episodes that like maybe there is like all of the hosts that were drowned in the valley you know the valley where we know the forge is like i really feel like you know those they've all just like abandoned ship ship being their own body and they just like hopped into the forge to live forever and you know just like except then the, then they are still what i like when i every time i think about that i can't get past the like well then they are at the complete mercy of whoever wants to yes. maintain these servers and if they don't You're maintain right. the servers then then what happens right so no i think that that's um a really good point because i think like that's also what dolores is referencing when she's like the most important thing is whether it's real or not um you know and like destroying the cradle so that like death actually means something you know it's like the exact opposite direction of what something like the forge and the immortality project but i think everybody is realizing through different methods that it's a terrible idea to have immortality uh through something like the forge which certainly i think the men in black has also realized um as he seems to be nearing a quest to go and destroy this as well so um I don't know. Clearly, everybody is going to convene together here in episode 10. Yeah. I don't know, Kim, if you had a chance to see the preview. um, I did, yes. For it. Which is just like a like split second cuts of like a whole bunch of stuff, but we're clearly going to see people that have been gone from before. So there is that opportunity, like that immortality question is definitely (gasps) alive and well. So, oh my God. Okay, so just like as we were talking, I just did a quick, a quick Google Google of um, Cradle and Forge to see like if there was any significance to the, the naming, um, yeah. and so there wasn't anything that I saw together. But like, um, oh my god, this is just this this might be dumb, but ultimately, like what I landed on was just a definition of Forge. <laughs> but like, it's funny how when you see things in a slightly different way, it kind of like gives you a light bulb. So of I course. was really thinking of it, it as Forge as in like, you know, to make or shape something, to forge something. Right. But it, it really didn't occur to me that that forging is also the production of a fraudulent copy or imitation. Like... Right. A forgery. A forgery. I just thought it was a reference to Geordie LaForge from Star Trek, but apparently that is not. Clearly. Then they all come out with like 
hair bands on their eyes. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. So that's like me as a so child, like with a hair band that I put over my eyes. I'm like reading rainbow. Exactly. <laughs> I was just gonna reference the reading rainbow. Oh God, you're definitely our age if you got all of those references together <laughs> just now. <laughs> uh, is yeah, Re- reading rainbows not Canadian though? Is it? I don't know because he's not Canadian. No, right, I feel okay. like that is like a PBS or something. Uh, okay. Uh, what about Ford uh, as this code? So Ford is seems to literally be this like snippet of code that has come in um, from on Bernard from the cradle, or at least that's what it looks like when you see how Bernard deals with him and deletes him. Yes. Thoughts? Do you think this was Ford's aim the entire time to push him to be truly autonomous, to just drive him crazy in his head enough that Bernard is just like, fuck this and is able to delete him? Like Ford ends super calmly sitting in the backseat of the car. He's just like, the last thing he says to Bernard is you're the only one who can stop it. I know. What the fuck does that mean? I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know. But I mean, I did feel like all, all of the Ford stuff in this episode was just like brilliant to me it was like the the interactions between him and Maeve like actually like made my heart ache a little bit and the way that they did it so that um Bernard came just close enough that this message that he was leaving to Maeve was was his own code that he that allowed him to have this conversation with her and like I just thought it was so brilliantly done and at the same time I will say that I backed up those two scenes between him and Bernard and him and Maeve probably eight times looking for subtle differences in Anthony Hopkins wardrobe or like anything that would, I mean, it was, it was almost like it was two different Fords in the way that he interacted with Maeve and the way that he interacted with Bernard. Um, So I don't know what any of that means, to be honest. And I will say that I think that the only way that Bernard was able to delete him so easily is because he allowed him to. I think that... I agree. You know. I agree. um, And I don't think that that's Ford gone forever. Um, No. I think he can come back at any time whenever he wants. Well, I think he's been able... I do think that there is... Like, he's had some sort of data transfer over to Maeve, which means I think that she is now carrying him around. And I agree that there's a very different... Poor poor Bernard. I know. Uh, Clearly... (laughs) He talks to Maeve is completely different. Although uh, the show did get me like, you know, he says the loss of a child is one of the hardest things or whatever, but sometimes you have to deal with it. I'm like, if you are going to put Maeve down right now and then, you know, references that he's come back to save his child too. I just, I really liked. uh, I know. And then in the very next scene, he's like, kill her, Bernard. She'll betray (laughs) you, Bernard. Kill her. And I'm like, how is that the same person? (laughs) Well, this is Hannibal Lecter. How can he? He can't be good all of the time. But I mean, but that's it. Because I I think, so we know that he, remember like a couple episodes ago when he first did this, he's like, I'll ease your conscience at conscience. And he, he shoots for Bernard or whatever. Yes. Um, like he could have done that to Elsie if he really thought that she should be dead. I think it's almost like he, by threatening someone that he really cares about is how he finally pushed him hard enough to like steal his resolve and, uh somehow be the person who has to lead what's going to happen I guess right I don't know well okay so let me ask this question which I think is somewhat related to like what I was having a hard time sort of expressing in last episode's 
podcast, which was, um, you know, when you were mentioning that Ford was likely speaking of Akichita and not of Dolores at the end of season one, when he said, you know, I finally realized that someone was paying someone attention was or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so in this episode with Maeve, he says that he like he created his children with a like mind or something. Um, I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but he, he's talking about a, a sense of humor and outlook on the world that they have a similar outlook to him or. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I really took that, um, I, I really took that to be significant that he was saying, like, I thought that we, that he was sharing something significant when he was saying that he created, you know, these children with his own outlook of the world. But like amongst them, like between Dolores and Maeve, for instance, they have these incredibly divergent, you know, approaches and views on this like current war that they're battling. And then which but Dolores is Arnold's creation, right? I mean that yes, that is very true. And it's just like, but it it really um it seems to be so I mean, I remember saying in an earlier podcast that Dolores seems to be very in line with Ford's worldview and that Maeve yes. seems to be somewhat in line with Arnold's. And then that, that's Arnold's. all sort yeah. of flipped on its head. And I don't have anything to say about that in terms of like what no, it means. It's just kind of like an interesting point that like yeah. I can't really grasp, but that everything is not can quite as that? it seems. Yeah. And I because there was a lot of... um of Reddit comments about that that Ford Maeve relationship seemed like a little bit of retconning. Yeah. Because he didn't really talk about her in season one. But I love that idea that they kind of mirror each other. And so like these two business partners and friends who had such a, you know, seemingly difficult relationship kind of maybe built inadvertently two hosts who kind of have each other's point of view you know what I mean like it's kind of right. like whether that was intentional at all or not I'm guessing not at all they chose these kind of like attributes that seem to reflect each other that's, that's yeah really that's very true yeah. and I mean to like to Reddit's point like I, I think back to season one when Maeve was having her breakdown when she woke up to you know like discover her daughter had died and then like killed herself in that scene with Bernard and and mm -hmm. Ford like if I don't remember it exactly but I don't remember Ford's reaction being entirely warm um and and then yeah. so then it makes me feel like is this essentially the show kind of like adding context now that they didn't really know they needed in season one or is there is there all kinds of additional layers in season one that we're gonna like if we go back once the series is over and watch it having I know all, all the benefit of all of these reveals will we see all kinds of like nuance that we didn't pick up the first time around well and like, the only yeah I think you're told the only one I can think of is like Ford held his cards so close to the vest in season one, you yes. know, that it wasn't until like the finale that you really see he's orchestrated how much he really had orchestrated, you know, including his own death. Um, and so it's like, is that is that how you can help explain that? Is that he couldn't step in and say you were like a child to me? It's only now that all of this is kind of like underway that he's able to truly express those emotions i think to Maeve's surprise although for the love of god please let dandy newton speak actual lines in, in i know 10. 
she's doing so much with just like being able to look side to side but my god like get her off that table um yes. so size more as an get your right? ass in there exactly uh as an aside the head of like makeup and special effects for westworld didn't ask me anything on the subreddit today and it is very interesting if that is like uh, a world that you are kind of interested in so he spoke to how they did Maeve's open neck and arms and how they did those drone hosts is what they're calling those guys all in white yeah um and how it was kind of difficult because they can't see when they have those, like, <laughs> luckily drone hosts move very slowly <laughs> exactly so uh anyway it's a good one to check out um so I think that's like most of I can't believe we got through those questions because like I was looking at this list being like, holy shit, we're going to be recording for three hours. Um, the only other thing I had as a point of interest that we haven't talked about is I thought this was great that there was a Reddit Ask Me Anything with Lisa Joy, one of the co-creators, of course, at the start of this season. And someone just kind of casually asked if she would choose if she would wear a white or a black hat. And her answer was, well, I'd be wary of those hats in general, which is like the best yes. tip off to these. CT scan, MRI scan hats that everybody is walking around wearing. I know. Which is just so great. Yeah. And then didn't you say that like that like having no knowledge of that at the time, the number one comment yeah. was, why is there like brain scans like, in the hat or something? Exactly. <laughs> You're like, yes. Exactly. There is. Oh, yes, there is. <laughs> like, I'm sure she posted that and she was like, fuck. <laughs> oh, actually, sorry, related to that. So Kim, this is very interesting for both you and I who are. So I am a subscriber of the Westworld subreddit. I am um, too. So it pops up in exactly. So the British Film Institute is doing a screening tomorrow night of the finale in <gasps> London. And there is a lot of concern on the subreddit that a lot of quote unquote theories are going to start appearing that oh God, will have been informed from the people who will have seen it. Because all these people will basically retcon Look uh, at the nothing. fact that they Look knew what nothing. was going to happen. Yeah, so that's bonkers. I cannot believe that a show like Westworld is allowing that to happen. I know. I was like, it's going to get spoiled. I mean, I clearly everybody has signed an NDA, but how are you going to know that on anonymous websites? Like, it's not. I mean, word gets out. It does. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty sweet. I would love to be able to see it on the big screen. That's a really cool opportunity, but sadly, not an option for us. So. Just a heads up on that. Yeah. Um. So one episode left. Man, the passenger. What a season. The passenger. So any more thoughts now that you've we got all the way to episode nine as to what the passenger? I still maintain my like passenger in that it is some kind of uh consciousness like disembodied consciousness that is like hitching a ride with a host. Well, you know what that sounds like? It sounds like Ford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did it. That uh, that does, in fact, sound a lot like Ford. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I you mean, guys, you solved it. How well, can we? I mean, there's too much. There's just too much. <laughs> there is too much. Oh, I cannot wait. Okay, so when we record next, I'm going to be in Croatia. and No big deal. Yeah. It'll be, I think, five hours ahead there. So 
Um, yeah, so hopefully I will be able to get access, no problem, and we can, um, you know, record We're about think the positive. same time. Yep, uh, and it's going to be excellent. Uh, but yes, if there is a slight delay in us getting the episode to you, it's because we are doing another transatlantic uh, record. Uh, this is what happens when these shows air in peak vacation time. I know. Uh, I will also say I'm glad that this is the final episode because it's getting hotter and hotter to record on the second floor of oh. my house. <laughs> That's true. Uh, as we head into like late June. So I know for sure. Thank you Westworld for yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully the audio won't be too shit next week but it probably will not be as good as it usually is better than last week though i'm pretty sure so we'll take that as a win (laughs) okay well if you guys have any thoughts on what we've talked about if you want uh sorry drop us a line at kjrecaps.com slash westworld nope kjrecaps.com slash feedback (laughs) you can visit kjrecaps.com slash westworld as well but that will just show you our episodes uh and also if you want to leave us a rating review on the itunes podcast that is awesome we would love to hear from you as we head into our final episode it's always great to hear uh that people have been listening what your thoughts are if you have any comments uh about where we've gotten to this point uh we'd love to include them and of course kim we will have lots to discuss in episode 10 every time we get to a finale i'm like well they can't have any more to unveil in the next season and then you know you head into a season like this and you're like I know. oh shit you really did so so true I was just um, about to say like since it's the finale next week there probably won't be a ton to like you know yeah. theorize about I'm mean, like okay like like everything's gonna be wrapped like, up in a tidy package okay kid. tiny little <laughs> package I hope it's like last season where we got some great payoff uh-huh. yeah. um, you know and it really felt like the wrapping up of a season but left you saw kind of where it was going at least you know conceptually that it was growth yeah right but i don't i hope it's not just like a total jagged cliffhanger no answers which i don't think it will be i don't think it will be i think we're heading into something yeah awesome well i cannot wait so we'll talk to you next week and um yay thanks for listening guys thanks guys bye bye